Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Call Me By Your Name in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Call Me By Your Name, which has uh, three Oscar nominations, I believe, um, for Best Picture, firstly, uh, for Timothy Chalamet, and for James Ivory's uh, screenplay, Call Me By Your Four, and as well for Best Original Song. That's right, Best Song. Forgot about Song. Um, yeah, this uh, about time to review it. I've seen it twice now. Uh, I watched it first on a screener, so I wasn't completely, um, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like I was able to competently put into words what I was going to, what I wanted to say about the movie just yet. Uh, and so, uh, not yesterday, but the day before yesterday, as of recording this and releasing this, uh, I went and saw it again uh, in theaters. Uh, just, and, you know, my opinion on the movie as a whole didn't really change uh, but most of the things that I had seen, you know, on a small laptop screen, you know, they were blown up, they were much bigger, they were much more prevalent, uh, there were a lot of little details I noticed that I'd missed earlier in the first viewing, and the connection I had to the film was a lot deeper, uh, as far as with the music, and the cinematography, and the direction, and just the little sort of motifs, and, and like the water motif that runs throughout this entire movie, I, I was able to hone in more on those and, and focus in on those more, uh, which is which is good. Uh, I think that the film itself is a very strong and well-made movie. I think it's got an incredible screenplay, really well-written, and all the talk about James Ivory winning Best Adapted Screenplay is... It's no joke. Um, I think it's it's quite outstanding. Uh, so much so, in fact, that um, it is uh, the only, let me see here, it is the only adapted screenplay that I have in my nominations this year. Um, so that's that's pretty pretty significant. And uh, similar, so, so for me, um, my, you know, four Oscar nominations. Come Your Name is currently flirting with uh, four uh, Circle of Film Award nominations. Um, those are Chalamet and Lead, uh, Screenplay for Ivory, Score, and then Song is, is kind of right on the bubble. It's, it's temptingly close to getting in. I think the music really played up, was played up a lot more to me the second time I saw it. Uh, but I'm not sure what's going to fall out of the lineup for it just yet, if anything. Uh, we'll see if that can kind of get in. You know, score slash soundtrack might end up being the uh, reward for the music uh, for this movie as opposed to just original song. So that's kind of where that is. Uh, but um, that being said, Chalamet, all the acting in this movie is very, very, very good. Uh, Chalamet is definitely my favorite performance in the movie but you know army hammer michael stuhlbarg are both fantastic um esther garrell who uh was also in 
is also in Lover for a Day, which came out this year. She is quite good in it. She's not really a, a big presence. She's not a big... Well, I mean, she's a main a supporting character, but she's not nearly as big of a character as Stolbarg and Hammer and, and Chalamet are. But she she's definitely known. You definitely feel her presence in the movie. She, she pops up throughout the whole thing. She's um, kind of pivotal in the dynamic between Chalamet and Hammer throughout the film. Uh, which is which is important, you know. That is what the movie is about. It is Elio and Oliver's story. It is about them and the relationship they have, and how it develops, and how it falls apart, and how it's mended, and um, how it it ultimately impacts these two these two guys, and sort of follows them presumably throughout the rest of their lives. You know, the fi- the sort of epilogue scene at the end indicates that, you know, what has happened is going to pursue them, and it's going to stay with them, and that's important, that's, you know, not just for, uh, just for closure, but for a better understanding of who these people are, it shows that, you know, this isn't something that just happened and is gone, it's something that's going to stay with them, and move and travel with them through their lives, and, you know, I think most of us, when we experience this kind of a relationship, when we, you know, we undergo these types of emotions and, you know, we get kind of swept up and caught up in this infatuation and and love and lust and all that kind of stuff. Um, when we're as young as Elio is, who's 17, uh, there's, you know, it's either something that is the most important thing in the world or it's something that we move past immediately. And that dichotomy, the difference there is very important to who each of us are, uh, you know, and I think even within each, who each of us are, there are people who will have both of those experiences, um, because you can see that in this movie, Elio kind of does have both of those experiences, whereas his relationship with Army Hammer, his relationship with uh, Oliver is something that sticks with him, and it's going to stay with him, and it's going to going to nestle in the back of his mind for the most of his life. Uh, I would say that the relationship he develops with uh, Marzia is far, completely not that, you know. They they repair things by the end of it, but at, at the same point, you know, they're not... It doesn't seem like this is a friendship, relationship, whatever, that's going to blossom the same way that his relationship with Oliver did. And so it's, you know, it's it's that simple. It's it's just one twist uh, of of speech, one one different way of speaking that can change exactly how impactful a particular relationship will be. Uh, and that's, you know, that's ide- I, um, at the end of the day, you know, that is what the movie gets at. You know, it's it's. It's not about, you know, them being meant to be. It's not that they're, you know, star-crossed or... or um, it's not really, in my opinion, about the two of them discovering who they are. I think that's part of it. I think that happens along the way, but I don't think that's the ultimate message. I think what's really being honed in on and I think what really comes to light and comes to fruition by the end of the film is 
the meaning of this relationship and the meaning of relationships as a whole and, and how important they are and impactful they are, but also how they can sort of sculpt uh, us in ways that we didn't imagine they could. Um, you know, when we see Oliver first arrive at the at the house, you know, this is the first time we the first scene in the movie. You have Elio and Marzia up in up in his room, looking peering out through the window as they see Army Hammer get out of the car, and uh, Elio calls him the usurper, and uh, he is he is right, uh, although he doesn't know uh, how how right he is at that time, uh, although. It, it seems to me that he indicates that it's more like uh, he's there to usurp the house in in a more general, playful tone. When it's when in truth he's there to kind of usurp Marzia in a way, uh, which is kind of fascinating, kind of interesting look at that sort of scene. And so you know, Elio doesn't really have any idea what's going to happen, what's coming going forward, and. Then you get this this scene, and it's referenced later in the movie. But you get this scene where they're playing volleyball. Uh, Army Hammer, who is a very tall, well-built, well, good-looking person, uh, is, as you would guess, pretty decent at volleyball. And so he's playing. Chalamet is watching, and uh, at some point, uh, Army Hammer comes over, takes a drink out of Chalamet's hand, and then. Um, when he puts his hand on Elio's shoulder, he starts to rub it, and then, you know, Elio kind of, like, balks at this, kind of, you know, withdraws and, and pulls away, but uh, Oliver kind of grabs, holds on to him and, and sort of gives him, starts to massage his shoulder uh, and tells him how, how stressed he is, how tight it is, and he has Marzia, you know, come over and feel how, how tight his shoulder is, and... This is an interesting scene, and it's interesting for a lot of different reasons, but principally among those is that when you look at the scene on its face value, you see sort of the brazen nature of Oliver and how he's, you know, he doesn't ask to take the drink out of Elio's hand, he just grabs it. He doesn't ask to massage Elio's shoulder, he just does it. Um... But then, and then on the other flip side of that, you see Elio, you know, withdraw. You see him, you know, squirm away and and shrink back from from Oliver's touch. And you know, on one side, you can say, oh, he's not, he's not accustomed to this. He's not accepting of this. He doesn't want this to happen. He doesn't enjoy being touched this way by this person, um, or however it is. Uh, or on the other hand, you know. As we sort of learn who these characters are, we kind of think back on this moment and say, well, maybe it wasn't, that's not exactly what it was. Maybe it was more, maybe it was more Elio wanted to, to, he was afraid of what he felt. He was afraid of, of growing an attachment. He didn't want to become close to Oliver. He wanted, you know, it's interesting because we never really get, um, the, the, past history that Elio has had with previous um, students that have come to work with his father, which is something that I, I've I kind of been thinking about and, and working out in my head, because if if 
it, I get the idea, I get the sense that he wants to have a good-natured relationship with them because they're going to be there for, you know, six weeks or however long. But he doesn't want to grow too attached because they are going to leave and probably never be seen again. Uh, but he doesn't want to be so standoffish and so so cold to them because they are, you know, going to be there for so long. And I think he's, Elio is trying to figure out how to situate himself along that spectrum with Oliver, given the way that Oliver's nature is, given how, you know, Elio perceives him to be so forward and so aloof, and, you know, with the way he says goodbye by saying, later, you know, that's such a, you know, it's such an interesting and, and, uh, uh, just a, just an interesting way of of looking into how Elio is is per, uh, perceiving all of these scenes and all of these moments between the two of them. You know, when they're swimming and you know when they're when he plays him the piano. You know, he's he's messing. You know, Elio is having fun. He's being playful. Uh, he's messing with him. He's like, this is how uh, you know lists would have interpreted Bach's version. And you know, he he goes one step and goes beyond and goes beyond to the point where <laughs> Oliver just kind of like throws his hands like whatever okay you, you know just do whatever you want um but then in that same scene when he does kind of relent and play the version that Oliver wanted him to play you you he you know Oliver comes back into the room and he's not just standing in the doorway this time now he's actually he comes over and he sits on the on the arm of the chair and he's listening to the music and you know he's enraptured he's taken in by it he's he's uh he's he's connected he's absorbed he's feeling those emotions and he he's he's drawn in by the sound of the piano as elio plays and i think that is this moment where you know i think if elio doesn't give in there if Elio doesn't go that extra step and he just kind of lets Oliver walk out then I think that they could have had you know just a normal friendly relationship that didn't go beyond that but you know and something inside Elio at that point in the story was telling him you know no I want to do something about this I don't want us to be that distant because he was growing attached to Oliver. He he likes Oliver and he's having trouble reconciling exactly how to make that fit not only within himself and not only between the two of them, but within this paradigm of he's the student of uh, Stuhl, Michael Sulberg, who's Elio's father, and he's only going to be there for six weeks. And it's a tough question. Uh, it's it's not an easy answer you know this isn't present day because you know it's not like they could talk on the computer after he leaves it's not you know they can't text after he leaves that's not part of this movie that's not part of this world at this time and so when he leaves he really is gone and the only thing connecting them would be a phone call and that's not really the same thing you know, that's a much difficult, a much more difficult situation to be in. Especially, I mean, than it would be now. And more to that, uh, and, you know, I think that 
when when we one of the pro so I really like this movie I think it's really good I really enjoyed it I had a great time I think all the performances the acting all that stuff is great my biggest problem okay so my biggest problem with this movie hinges on the title so call me by your name uh, there's a moment where Elio and Oliver are laying in bed together and Oliver tells Elio call me by your name and I'll call you by mine and Elio refer calls Oliver Elio and Oliver calls Elio Oliver and I have read pieces about why this is and how this is supposed to you know correlate to the way that um, you know how they know each other and and how they um, come to understand who we who they are to each other but I haven't found anything that really mm, I don't know. It, it, there's nothing I've read that fully explains and nothing I've seen that really makes me understand why that particular word phrasing and why that explanation is is so pertinent and why it makes sense. Um, I'm like looking up... Uh, Let's see. Um, so here, let me see if this makes any, this is worth reading. Okay, so here, this is, I'm going to read a paragraph from an article on National Post uh, by Sadaf Hassan. All right, so this this is the probably the closest thing to being a good explanation that I've found. So that sense of longing and possession is most heartfelt when the pair finally consummate their love tangled together in bed. Oliver whispers to Elio, call me by your name, and I'll call you by mine. It's a strange sort of command on paper, but it puts into words the confidence of their coupling so that there is no place to wonder or second guess. It's a scene made all the more profound because this isn't just a love story, but a rare gay love story devoid of shame or rejection. So, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree that it is a strange sort of command. Um... Where I find disconnect for me comes in that I don't, I, I don't understand, and I don't, I guess I don't accept that this, uh, this um, um, command, uh, this, this request is so powerful in, in the emphasis of their connection. I think that I, I, I just don't, I think there are ways that this could have been presented to make it feel personal and um, intimate to the two of them. And I mean, it's very difficult to be more intimate than the situation in which this, what is being said is being said. But I think that there's nothing that leads up to this line. Nothing that we see anyway. The camera cuts to this angle, to a different angle we're seeing them in bed from like right above their heads. It's in the trailer. And you get this moment of Oliver whispering, you know, call me by your name and I'll call you by mine. And I just, it doesn't work for me. It really just doesn't work for me. And 
I don't, I can't fully wrap my head, like, because, you know, it's kind of like pet names for each other, calling each other their own name. And I, I, I recognize it on that level, but I don't, I don't understand for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know why Oliver asks him to say that. I don't know why Elio agrees to do it. I think there are ways that this could have been presented that give me a better understanding. And I, I may just be, you know, having maybe it's just my inability to read that scene the way it's meant to be read. And if that's the case, then that's the case. And I just don't see it the way it's supposed to be seen. But I just cannot get past that. I think I, I love everything else. I love, man, the one take shot where they're at the um, World War One memorial is incredible, and you know all the dialogue there is very circumvention, uh, very sort of circumvents you know typical dialogue as it's supposed to, but it makes so much sense to me. This also circumvents typical dialogue, like typical dialogue said between two people, and I just don't connect with it. And which is more baffling because it's the name of the movie. You know, Call Me By Your Name is the name of the movie. I'm not 100% sure if it's the name of the book. I feel like it isn't, though. Um, based on... Oh, no, it is called Call Me... Or, yes, it is called Call Me By Your Name in the book. So, I I don't know, I, I just, something about it really just doesn't work for me, and I don't have a good answer to, like, fix that, I'm not sure, but that's, that's my biggest problem. Uh, again, I still think the book is, sorry, I still think the movie is great, but it's, it's not as great as I wish it could have been. I don't know how to, mm, that comes out, that doesn't come out right. It is great. Uh, I ended up giving the movie an 87. It falls just outside of my top 10 this year. Uh, but but it's still very, very good. And definitely one I wish, I wish I liked it more. Um, and I, I think it's really good. I think that it kind of... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I like it. It's really good. And I'm glad it got so much recognition at the Oscars. I was worried it wouldn't. But it did. Uh, I hope Ivory wins. Um, I think he, he did a fantastic job adapting that screenplay. Uh, I don't think it really has any chance for Best Picture. And I think it's very doubtful that uh, that Chalamet wins Best Actor either. And song, I don't know. Song could go either way, but I think its best chance, its only chance, really, is adapted screenplay for sure. Um, yeah. So that is "Call Me by Your Name." That is my review. Uh, check it out. It's still in theaters right now. If you're interested, I, I fully encourage you to see it. It's very, very good. If you like to get in touch with me. Anyway, shape or form, you can email me, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or tweet at circleoffilm. I will respond on either medium. If you would like to check out more episodes of the show, check out the full list of Circle of Film, of the Circle of Film Awards, and anything else, head over to circleoffilm.com. 
And if you'd like to support the show in a monetary fashion, you can check out patreon.com slash circle of film for any and all instances of that. And um, as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. So long, farewell, oh, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.